Welcome to episode 43 of the Faces of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shan. It's Manta Moose. <laughs> he he Manta today. Manta Moose today. You, ch- you, ch- you, ch- you change your name every episode, bro. Yeah. Why, why are you Manta today? Manta Moose. Manta Moose is a king. I'm a black king. You feel me? Know okay, the vibes. Okay, okay. You, you know you, the vibes. You, you just elevating every, yeah, every, elevating. every you know episode. Yeah, you know respect, the vibes. Respect. We know the vibes. So let's talk. Let's talk. Let's 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 talk about vibes. Let's talk about the debate we've we've been having in like all our group chats. Uh, Drake's versus Ye in a in a versus battle. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, the homie Mandela said Drake is watching Kanye, and we disagreed. And Shannon, what was your take? We gotta hear your opinion before we go into debate. I mean, it's a. Cl- I don't think anybody's gonna wash anybody, but I think it will be very close. I don't think anybody's washing anybody. I don't think he's just gonna wipe the floor with. I don't think Kanye's just gonna wipe the floor with Drake. You need to put a little bit more respect on his name. He's not gonna just wash him like that. Um, no. Kanye's well, watching. But it's close. It's not close. It'll be close for sure. It's not close. It's not close. Even even explain. Like, and this so. Disclaimer, this is my own opinion. This is just the base I had on Twitter with my homies, group chats, whatever. I think the problem with Drake, if a Drake and Kanye versus were to happen, I just think that Drake has a formula and you know what you're getting from Drake. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying every song sounds the same, but it sounds the same. And that sounds really dumb, but it's just he has a formula. And so because he has that formula, he knows how to make a turn up banger. He knows how to make he knows how to make an R and B song, right? But the thing is with Kanye is that Kanye, just even throughout his first six, seven albums, it was just you don't know how he was going to top the next one. So when you listen to the song, it's not just about, okay, Drake has witty lyrics or, you know, he may have clean instrumentals. His voice sounds smooth. It's just the fact of like, Kanye, you didn't expect Kanye to go into certain bags. Like you wouldn't expect, you, nobody expected him to go into an R&B bag. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and he did. He has plenty of songs, plenty of verses. He has um, because of you remix. He has um, his song on "Knock You Down," all that, right? But then when you look at his actual hits, he has hits for days, and he just built on every single one. And he just it's just the feeling of Kanye just building on top of it and just believing in himself. You could feel it. So when you hear him play a song like "Can't Tell Me Nothing," it's like. What's what's Drake gonna play when he plays "Can't Tell Me Nothing"? You know what I'm saying? What's Drake gonna play when he plays "Stronger"? And it's like so you don't, you don't, you, so you think you don't you don't think Drake got no records that 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 can stand stand toe to toe with none of them Jones? I don't think so, and I don't I don't because it's like my thing is okay. You look at the overall song. Drake has clean lyrics. He has quotable lyrics. This whatever, but when it comes to Kanye making his biggest records. They're all hits and they all make you feel good and they all make you feel like, yo, like when we was here, I remember when I was in a club doing this, this, and this versus you listen to say worst behavior, you like, all right, yeah, like I remember I was with my homies in the dorm room or whatever. Like Kanye's records make you feel like you that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, it make you feel a certain way. But so what about you know what I'm saying? You remember you remember how you felt when Shot for Me dropped, right? Yeah, I was you in know my what feelings. Saying? I was in my feelings. <laughs> you feel me? Take care. All them records. Yeah, you feel I mean, me? Krula. All them records. You know. Drake got classic albums too. Drake got classic albums and classic hits too. I just think that you need to put a little bit more respect on his name, and he's not just gonna like dominate him and wash him like I, he about to four zero sweep him. Is what you're making it seem like. I think if you gave even if you gave them thirty, if you gave Kanye, if you gave Kanye thirty and Drake thirty, I think that Kanye is beating Drake twenty to ten. I think a lot of people are going to have a lot to say about that. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think he's been. I I, I agree that Ye is beating beating Drake, but you said twenty to ten. Is that it's like that big of a gap? Yes, yes. <laughs> think about it. That's go. That that's a very strong statement. That's a very strong statement. Kanye, Cole. even Kanye's B sides, in my opinion, are better than Drake's B sides. Like I was talking to somebody. On, I was talking. To, I was talking to my homie Kabeen on Twitter. Shout out to my boy Kabeen, and he was like, "Yo, like." What's Drake going? Let me. What's Kanye going to play when um Drake drops zero to one hundred? I was like, yeah, zero to one hundred is tough. <laughs> zero to one hundred is tough. But Barry Bonds goes way crazier, and he has a crazier Wayne verse on. What there. about what about when Legend drops? When Legend drops, he could play. Uh, he could play. Let me see. Actually, because I don't. You know what wanna... I'm saying what what about what about when Tuscan Leather drops? I mean, that's a win for Drake, though. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking. That's, 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 that's part of his ten. That's part of his ten. I'm just asking. That's part of his ten. If he plays legend, he could play. Whew. Let me see. Now nah, I might look at the playlist. Because, yeah, look at look at the playlist you made. And see what, off the thirty that you put, whatever many you put on there. Oh, look. just off the thirty I put in the playlist. All yeah, right. that's okay. what I'm saying. Because that's your, that's that's your that's your um. So off. <laughs> That's that's your that's your um that's your thirty that you say he gonna play. So I want I want to hear what you what you got for those. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name songs uh-huh. from Drake's discography, and you tell me what song is gonna beat that. Okay, you feel me? Yeah. So like I said, Tuscan Leather. What's he playing? Uh, Tuscan Leather. Phew, that's an intro song. And that's 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 arguably one of Drake's best records. Uh, I don't know because Kanye weird. He'll... So that's a W. That's so that's a W. Yeah, that's a that's a W. Okay. I'm not gonna hold you. That's a W. Okay, okay. When started from the bottom, when started from the bottom drops. Okay, started from Ooh. the bottom. He could play. He could def play diamonds from Sierra Leone. Okay, I won't. I won't. I won't disagree. What about pound cake? This is just off one project, so I'm just okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> giving him one album. If he's doing, if he's doing pound cake, I don't know what's move. being pound cake. I mean, there's a couple records that's being pound cake, but that's gonna be have to cancel out. You feel me? And he could play. He could play Monster. You think Monsters being Pound Cake? Yeah. Are you know. Are you serious? I don't know about that one, Tobe. Are you talking I don't about know ver- about that. Are you talking one. about verse wise? Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that one. But I don't only, know about that one. But the only reason the only reason why we like Pound Cake isn't because of, isn't because of Drake. It's because it don't Jay-Z say it's because of Jay. Drake. I don't know about that because the opening verse in Pound Cake was nah, crazy. Nah, 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 nah. Okay. We like we like we like that song ten times better because of Hove. Bro, obviously Hope brings an aspect to it, but I'm saying you acting like Drake was a slouch on that on that on that song. Like he's a slouch. His, period. Tobe, no I'm not cap. saying Drake is a slouch, but like Drake learned from Kanye. You feel me? That's what I'm saying. It's like there's certain song there's certain songs that if you're gonna say okay, if he plays Pound Cake, all right, cool. Like if you want to talk about Drake and Jay Z, all right, we can go to a Kanye and Hope. We can go to a Kanye and Hope song. Like you could pick plenty of Kanye Hope songs. You just go to Watch the Throne. You could play Murder to Excellence. You could play Otis. You could play niggas in Paris. You know what I'm saying? And those songs will definitely match up. I don't think I don't think that I would waste Watch the Throne features or Watch the Throne verses on any song from Nothing Was the Same. Probably except like Worst Behavior, um, probably Tuscan Leather, or um what's that other song called? Connect? No. Connect nah. Connect Drake would not play Connect. I'm just naming I'm just naming records from the album. Nah, I don't think I think that Kanye, if you want to put nothing was the same, you could put up my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just based off rapping, just based off of rapping. If you want to talk about just music, yeah, nah, Kanye. I agree with you. Music wise, I feel like obviously Kanye's music wise is 
is better. Well, like I said, we're doing the verses though. Okay. You got you got to match song for song. Like so, obviously, it's gonna be some cancellations. I feel like because it's gonna be songs that you just can't pick a side, in my opinion. Like like I said earlier, like Jesus walks drive. I think that's a W. That's a super W. There's, there's no. There, I don't think there's a record that that Drake has that matches that. Nope. You feel me? I, you probably got other songs on there that you think the same. That you think for uh, yeah, if you if he dropped it, that Drake couldn't even touch when it came to it. If you're talking about verses, yeah, like definite W's for me. Kanye's verse on Run This Town. That's a W. Instant W. Um, I think that his. I think that Blood on the Leaves is a W. I think that Can't Tell Me Nothing is an instant W. Flashing Lights is an instant W. I think that Jesus Walks. I think Through the Wire. Um, I think All of the Lights is an instant W. And Runaway is an instant W. That's already seven. Okay, so you can go, so, but you can go to the same. If I go down, I go down Drake's discography, probably give you a bunch. That's instant like, W. Go ahead. That's a W. Take care is a W. You think Shot for Me is probably a W? No. What? <laughs> what? Shot for Me? Yeah. Shot for Me is not a W? No, no, no. Are you? Mar- is, is Marvin's Room a W? I'm sensing some bias here. Told is Marvin's Room a W? If you say no, do you know how people remix Marvin's Room? That was a- so, you're not even giving Drake a chance, nah, bro. You're not even giving him a chance. Nah, shot for Me is not. No, no, no. It's not a. I'm talking about the songs I just, the seven I just named are instant W's. Shot for me is not an instant W. Bro, Marvin's Room is not an instant W. Bro, those are, what? Uh, bro, those Marvin's are, Marvin's Room, Marvin's Room, Marvin's Room nah. bro, if it wasn't instant W, why did all the people remix it? Because it was that good of a song. Because it was a good song, but that doesn't mean it's an instant W. Bro, so what song's matching? What song from, what song's take, beating Marvin's Room? Like, in that aspect, you, you're in that pocket, obviously gonna play Heartless? songs in that pocket. Bro. Heartless not, come on, don't do that. Don't bro. do that. Don't so, do that. So Kanye's playing Heartless against Marvin's Room. Yes. I don't think I don't think he's playing heartless against Marvin's room, bro. I think I don't think because that's not even Drake's Drake's one of Drake's like, top 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 records. I, so I I'm saying he's he not he's not wasting a heartless on he's not wasting a heartless on Marvin's room, bro. Okay, so what is he gonna waste? So what is he gonna play then? Well, I'm saying that's I'm think that's a that's a chalked W for Drake, bro. I don't think for so. a moment, bro. A moment in time, bro. <laughs> so so when Mar so when Marvin's room dropped. <laughs> I'm not saying when Marvin's room dropped, I'm not saying it wasn't but you have to take song. you have to take that into consideration though in the verses though. Like so when Heart, so at that same at that same point then when Heartless dropped, it's not. But me. I don't think Kanye is gonna waste the two different types of records. I don't think he's gonna play Heartless when if Marvin Room's played. But why wouldn't you? They, they're basically the same content of songs, bro. It's Heartless, not a more upbeat song. Yeah, different. There's it's different a, uh, vibes. There's different vibes. But if that's the case, then then you can say that Drake is gonna have certain W's just because it's a different. That's vibe. that's what I'm saying. But I'm not looking at it from just a but, different vibe. I'm looking at it from overall. I'm looking at it from overall but, song context and everything. But when you watch, you watch verses, bro. People they're matching songs. They're matching songs for that. Oh, they're like, are oh, you going to this pocket? I got something for that. Boom. I mean, that's except a, Jeezy and that, Gucci, but, uh, but that's yeah. a different story. We can talk yeah. about Jeezy and Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying that we're in that pocket, that R and B realm of pocket, bro. There's a there's Quite a few W's for for um Drake in that pocket for sure. If you're talking about that type of vibe, if you're saying that if we're just looking at this just straight from vibes, then yeah, but I'm not looking at it like that because Kanye, if you if you look at that, then Kanye's just gonna be disadvantaged then. He's not 100%. gonna be because because in a different pocket, like the records like Harley stuff that where it's a different pocket, Kanye's taking W's for that. That's what I'm trying to say. But what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that if you want to talk about Drake's R and B pocket, you could put eight oh eights against Drake's R and B pocket. You could put bad news. You could put bad news against a good amount of Drake. But I'm saying is the people chalking that up as a W. That's what I'm trying to say. In that R&B pocket, are people chalking that up as a W. Yes as or a no? W, what? Heartless or? Let me ask you, Shan. Are you chalk, are you chalking Heartless or Marvin's room as a W in that pocket? Marvin's room in, in, a, in an R&B bag. Marvin's room. 
I don't know. You being a little bit biased here, Tony. Take biased. the bias out. Because once Cause again, you're a Kanye fanatic. I'm not a Kanye fanatic. I'm you just are a Kanye fanatic. And I'm gonna reiterate this. I'm gonna reiterate. I'm gonna reiterate, reiterate this again. I agree with you that Kanye would beat Drake in a versus, but some of the points you're making are just how? ridiculous. How? What do you mean how? So you're telling he's not just washing him like you're saying. It's going to be a lot closer than you think it it's will, gonna bro. It's going to be a lot closer because Drake. It's going to be a lot closer because Drake is still making good music now. And I'm not saying Kanye's not making good music, but we can be honest that Kanye's best projects are behind him. So we're going to automatically think that Drake is going to have the advantage because he has more recent content that fits to the to today's. But that's not even recent content. Yeah, I just said that was 2011. His latest albums weren't. Scorpion wasn't a wasn't a banger like his previous albums were. It wasn't, bro. Come on now. So so come it's, on. It's, it's Scorpion Scor- 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 top three. You killing me. It's Scorpion top three. Wait, see, this is what I'm saying, bro. Take your bias out, bro. No, stop wait, wait, stop wait, trying to wait, make wait, your wait, arguments wait, 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 Scorpion's not top three. Wait, nothing was the same. You got take care. Come on, yeah, bro. If you're reading this, it's too late. Okay, no, 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 no. If you're reading this, it's not top three. What? How? What? This is not top three. Okay. What project's better than if you're reading this, is too late? If you're reading this is too late. Yeah, nah, I put Scorpion above if you're re- if you're reading this. Uh, That's a whole different conversation. Don't let me bring Dex on the pod because Dex will Dex will have I mean, it with you I, this one. I kind of see you saying they could probably go tip for tab, but bro, I, in the no, end, no, in, the end in the end, nothing was the same. Well, because if you're reading this too late, will win. If you read this too late, bro, if you talk about and that the, way, was the, way, the way he the way he dropped it, that moment in, that that moment when he dropped it, all this, bro, people was going crazy. It was a surprise album. People slept on it first, and now in the, in the replay value of that joint is ridiculous. Throwaway tracks. It aged well, but it I, aged super well. But I because I didn't even get it like as a as a Drake fan, I didn't give it as much credit when it first dropped. I'm like, oh, this is alright. But now when I go back, I'm like, yo, he really went crazy on this joint. Nah, it's I, number three for me. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it at number three. I wouldn't put it at number three. All right, let's go through. Let's let's go through. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at I'm looking at his albums right now. Nothing was the same. To give me, me give me give me your give me your order. Let's let's hear your order. It's definitely nothing was the same. Okay. I'm definitely putting take care. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely nothing was the same. Take care than Scorpion, but I'll put if you're reading this right under that. So Scor- Scorpion Scorpion is is top three for you. Yes. I think Scorpion. You like Scorpion better than Views? Yes. I don't like Views. And I actually. I like Views. I, just, to, I like Views. I went back. Views grew on me. I love Views. I love Views. I, I don't say I, love, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think that. I think the problem with. I think the problem with Views to me is that I think that there should have been more rapping. Because Drake. My problem, my problem with Drake is that Views was kind of a commercial album. And so my thing with the commercial album was that. Yeah, you were singing, doing whatever your pop shit or whatever, but at, I just felt like you waited too long to get into your bag, and I think that you needed at least another. I think you need at least another rap song in the first five songs. I'm like, all right, cool, it's whatever. But when he got to track five, he got to hype, and I think that those are also hold those on, are hold hits, on, hold bro. On, hold Come on, man. So you're saying he would so. Feel No Ways is in the record? No, no, I'm saying oh, Feel No Ways. You, no, Feel No you, Ways is good, but think about it. You had Keep the Family Close. I, like, it was an okay track. It was okay intro. It was an intro. But it, it, was, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't a that, good... 
But if you think about the concept of the album, bro, he's basically introducing us to Canada, bro. The feel of Canada, the feel, how the cold feel, the vibe of what it's like to be in that area. You feel me? I understand that, but there's so many fucking bangers on this record, bro. Are you kidding me? But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that for me, in terms of how it was sequenced, I think he waited too long to get into that. Like, keep the family close. I didn't like that as an intro. I think that if that's a hot take for me, I think keep the family close is one of Drake's worst intros. I won't. I won't disagree. I won't disagree. Especially with the lineup on this album. That's what I'm saying. He waited too long. Like feel no way. Feel no way. For me, if you put feel no ways as two or three, I will probably have a different perspective on the album. But at the end of the day, I feel like to me, it don't really have much of an effect. I think it does. I think I don't think it has much as as much of an effect because there's so there's so many fucking bangers. I mean, fucking controls on this album, bro. But yeah, kidding me. But what I'm saying is that sequencing is important in albums. So you can't just like for me. Like, let's look at Tyler Creator's album, for example. Tyler Tyler Creator's album was really good, not just because of the fact of, like, he was expanding into a new sound for himself, but because it was sequenced so damn good to the point where it was like, damn, like... Start to finish. Of of, of course it's sequence. Sequence is important. Yeah, so my thing is that when Drake made this, like I said, it just didn't seem like... It just didn't seem like he got into his bag early enough for me. And I'm not saying you had to put in hype at number two, but if you had, like like I said, if you put Feel No Ways at number two or number three, I would probably have a different perspective on the album. Okay. I don't... Point taken. I, I understand. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I just have to agree to disagree because I feel as though, yeah, yeah, keep the family close. It's probably maybe not his best intro, but I feel like as the as the project goes on, it's like, it's one of them ones, bro. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nah, like, when right, you get, think about it. Because when you hit, when you hit, you with me, Feel No Ways, Hype, Western Road Flows, Redemption, With You, bro. All them back-to-back, to, bro, that's ridiculous. Nah, what's Control, Faithful, Controller, come on, man. But what I'm saying is, because think about it like this. When you seen Take Care, you had Over My Dead Body, it was decent. He went straight into his bag with Shot For Me. Then he went crazy. to, hey, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That then he went crazy. to Headlines. Then yeah. he went to Crew Love. That one's crazy. And then he went to Take Care in the but, first five tracks. Yeah, that but, that's, but, that but, that, but that project is arguably his greatest Body work ever, bro. That you feel me? But what I'm saying is that for Drake, who who believes in making a formula when it comes to making music, my problem is that you know what formula worked for you. And I understand you may want to switch it up sometimes. I think that he waited too long to get into his bag. If you look at Take Care, his greatest project, arguably, he went straight into his bag for five straight records. You hear what I'm saying? And for him here, it didn't seem like he really was trying to get into his bag until like track five. Five, then six. he went to Marvin's room after after he went to uh, take care, and that's what I'm saying. Even even with even with thank me later, first five tracks, all right, fireworks, karaoke, the resistance. Then he went to over and it yeah, showed that me was, a good time. That was the beginning, like the real R and B. He went to yeah. up all night. You get what I'm saying? So it's like if you look at all his tracks, if you look at all the tracks that he has, like the first five tracks, he got into his bag and views. I don't think he got into his bag quick enough. Like really, all his all the first five tracks Drake has. I think those are his most important because that determines the album. Tuscan leather. And the only reason game, I say Scorpion, started, I say Scorpion. The only reason I say for Scorpion is because I didn't like the length of the project, bro. Okay, but. that's why. Because I feel like he put. Now I'm not gonna say it was filler, but I feel like it was like, all right, I get the concept he's trying to do, have the a side one, a side b, whatever it may be. But I just feel like if you would have put like had like ten to ten to. 13 like strong records on it that was just like hit after hit oh, after yeah, hit for sure. it would have been I feel like that could have been like probably his best project ever bro oh if yeah he, nah, if he mixed I and think... match. this could have been two different projects if you if you're asking me it could be two totally two separate projects if he picked the right songs you're saying to place in the right way and see what's going on you feel me yeah, Scorpion but, wasn't his best work definitely wasn't his best work 
I disagree. I you think, think it was one of his best albums? Yes. Because I think that, for me, I think the reason why it was so good, at least to me, was because I think at that point when Drake made this, I think that was the point where Drake was not too concerned about anybody else but himself. And I think that when Drake does things, he's focused on trying to provide a balance for the rapidy rap niggas and the people that want to be in their feelings. And so I think that when he just dropped Scorpion and he just said, here, y'all niggas is getting an hour and 20 minutes worth of music. Like he was just like, yeah, this is what I'm giving y'all on both projects and it's both fire. So it was like, I felt like he did it. Be- I felt like it was good because he just didn't care. And he just gave them. This I'm not saying it's not fire. I'm just saying, I don't think it's better than the other one. I think it's top three. I th- I, I, I'll take, I'll take if, if reading this is too late over. Cause I re-listened to, I re-listened to that whole project. I'm like, this shit slaps, slaps, no, definitely, slaps. But I think and, but my, for me, Nothing was the same as his best project. I'll put it like this. Yeah, that joint was crazy, bro. I think I think nothing was the same was his best project, but I think I'll I'll concede with this. Depending on my mood, Scorpion and if you're reading this can switch. Okay. Yeah. I won't be mad at that, but I don't agree. Okay. But uh <laughs> I won't be mad at it, but I don't agree. But we got all of tangent because we was talking about Kanye versus Drake, but anyway, so so the conclusion is Ye's beating Drake in in a in a versus. Yeah. That's that's where that's yeah. where that's where we're going with. You, I you, personally think he's beating him. I think he's. You beating said twenty ten. Yeah. Mm. If it's thirty records, what do you think, Sharon? I don't know, bro. I don't think I don't know. It could be. It could really go either way, bro. If we're talking, it can really go either way. If we're talking twenty, I think it might be more like. If it's twenty, I think it'll be a lot closer. But if we're talking, you can't only do twenty though. If we're doing thirty for them, nah, Kanye. Kanye has. I think Kanye. Okay, so twenty, so twenty records. Who's winning? Kanye's still winning, but I would still give more to Drake because I think that Drake, Drake has enough. Drake has Drake's top songs can definitely match match up to Kanye. But the more that you give out the discography, the more that you're gonna realize that like Drake just has a lot of music that sounds very very similar to one another. That's what I'm saying now. Nah, I, I'm, I, I won't disagree with that. My thing is like also it depends on the the um. The rules of the verses too. Like yeah. if you're doing, because Kanye, like I said, Kanye's discography, whether feature production, whatever, is ridiculous. So if we're doing only features and songs that he's on personally, it makes it a little closer. But if we're doing his whole discography, he's watching Drake. Okay. That's if if we're doing just in my opinion, if we're doing production where he's just a producer on there, whatever it may be, because he's done production for so many people, it's like ridiculous. If we're talking about producing, got Beyonce t- records, whole records. If we're like, talking, about, talking about like producing and all. Yeah, like, they okay, produce. Okay. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about producing. Okay, I, I can agree yeah, with that. Yeah. All, all Kanye got to do is play "You Don't Know My Name" against whatever Drake is playing, and that is a and that that that's a W. There's more than that too. <laughs> like, there's nothing you could play, and that's just one of his songs from like the 1990s. And he been do- he been making records since, bro. That one, like, I can't argue with that. Facts, facts. All right, so we we went on a nice little tangent about that. Let's get to the next topic that um you wanted to bring up about Meg and her project and and with the with her Breakfast Club. Cause I don't think she even went to Breakfast. Why didn't even go into nah, Breakfast Club? So, but... so to all our listeners that didn't know, um, the Breakfast Club did the rumor report and they were upset that Meg didn't come to their radio talk show to talk to them about the album because. Uh, they felt they got a whole list of things that they didn't want to talk about with Meg, Tory Lane situation, a bunch of other stuff. And the point that Charlemagne brought up was that he didn't like the fact that a lot of urban radio like them, Hot 97, they play a lot of Meg the Stallion. And then once they get to a certain level, they just 
a lot of black artists don't come to them anymore. And so her album came out this past weekend. And yeah, for me, I listened to it. And to be honest with you, I thought it was hot garbage. Um, And this is not... It's for all the hot girls out there. Yeah, it's all the hot girls out there. I'm not saying this because I don't like Meg. That's what I was going to ask you. I like... I, I don't not like Meg. I just don't like what they're trying to make Meg. Does that skew your opinion, or do you think? Because you don't like the way she moves and the way she acts. It's not even because of the way that she moves. It's because of how her management is trying to make her move. And I was just talking to somebody about this. My problem with Meg is that I think that Meg the Stallion is not that as a product. I think that Meg the Stallion has a lot more to offer than her just twerking all day. But because you're in the era of TikTok, you're in the era of, you know, having personal relationships with your fans. It's what sells. Yeah, it's what sells. But my problem with that is when you now go to make your debut album, and the only reason why people are talking about your album is because of the fact of you responded to Tory Lanez, that's a problem. And so for me, as somebody who I do support black women in the music industry, I support all that, but I don't support things that are not genuine. And my thing is, is that I think what, from my opinion, I think they're trying to make Meg the next Rihanna. Not in a sense of her being music-wise, but in a sense of a lot of girls love Rihanna because they feel that she's personable. She, they feel like she's this type of person. And so for me, she's also signed to Rock Nation Management. It makes sense. So now they're trying to push her into this stage where it's like she's this pristine person, but at the same time, she's very personable. The more that you're trying to push her into a pristine look into into this how do I say this? Into this industry where you only move with super, super old organizations like a GQ, or you know, you pay them to have an app with like to to make her artist of the year, whatever. Which was BS because yeah. she wasn't artist of the year, she rapper wasn't. of the year, she like wasn't. none of that stuff. She little baby, top dog, in my opinion, yeah. of the little, year. You little, feel me? Little baby was definitely a candidate. And but so, but who puts value in GQ anyway? At least but, for music. But yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm saying. Yeah. So my so my <laughs> thing is that. I guess I'll open up to you guys. Like, for one, we can talk about the Breakfast Club. How do you feel about what Charlemagne said in terms of a lot of urban artists, a lot of artists that come up from the from the ground up? They come in, they get support from like the the Hot ninety sevens, the Power one hundred fives, and then once they get to a certain level, it's kind of like you don't see them no more. How do you guys feel about that? I think that in a lot of these situations, I think that a lot of artists I feel sometimes don't want to answer the tough questions that people like the Breakfast Club and stuff have to ask them. The uncomfortable questions that they just, they don't, for whatever reason, they don't want to talk about it because, like I said, they want to fit a certain image. They don't really want mm-hmm. to go and talk about anything that could be potentially controversial that's going to help or hurt them in any way. That's my opinion on the whole thing, and I think that's probably why she didn't want to go to the Breakfast Club because she didn't want to talk about the whole Tory Lanez. She got this album coming out. All she wants to focus on is the positive shit and not bring any kind of negative attention to herself. So then my question is, why do you guys feel like, so then that's true. And I, I could agree with that, but then why is it that she's so okay with opening up to GQ to talk about the situation, uh, a magazine that's primarily geared towards men, white men, but you can't go to hot 97 to talk about Tory Lanez or, Power 105 to talk about the situation. Because like I just said, who puts value in what GQ has to say about music? You know what I'm saying? When a Hot 97 and a 101, that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's it's 
two totally different things, and that's just what she pretty much looks like she wants to fit right now. Is that... Go ahead, Mills. Go ahead. No, nah, and also to basically follow what Shan said, um, did you read the GQ article? I read part of it. This one's my point exactly. So... Like Shan said, like who puts value into that when it comes to that situation? Really, yeah. you feel me? And also, she probably still trying to fit a certain image because she's trying to elevate her career. Still, she's still early in her career. And she, that's a quote unquote stepping stone to be in front of GQ magazine, whatever. It's like it's like that persona, like you said with Rihanna, whatever it may be. If they're trying to follow that path, that's the next step. You feel me? And if you want to compare the situations that you put like Rihanna in that light, it's almost like with the Chris Brown situation. You feel me? It like almost that. I'm not gonna say Rihanna was obviously a star before that, but that yeah, put her into nah. a whole different stratosphere you feel me because it made her personable because how many girls can relate to domestic violence in a relationship you feel me and then when her music comes out on Rihanna's case they feel exactly what she's feeling because oh I've been I see the situation with Chris Brown I feel that you feel me they feel they feel oh I'm the same as Rihanna I've been in that situation so when that music's like boom so I feel like it's the same like you said it's the same path but like Shannon said too the breakfast stuff, they going that's quote unquote the streets. That's the people like me, you and and people that are actually hip hop heads that actually listen to that type of stuff. And they gonna and they I feel like their opinion in the Breakfast Club, the way the holds more weight in that in that um ecosystem, if that way makes sense. I mean, yeah, I think in terms of if you're comparing Breakfast Club to GQ, yeah, but I think that because I I'll defend I'll defend Meg a little bit. I think that for Meg, and not even just Meg, for a lot of people that go there, I think the problem with the Breakfast Club is really more of the fact of how they ask their questions and what they're talking about rather than actual music. Like, when you go to Hot 97, you're going there to talk about music. You're going there, like, they'll make their jokes, but that's not really as important as the music questions they ask. You know what I'm saying? And so I think with the Breakfast Club, don't y'all think that in terms of them, they seem more to me, I don't know if you guys agree, don't you think that they seem more like a gossip blog than more of like a actual music? Yeah, of, music, cor- uh, of course. That's, music but that's, but that's, how they, that's how they make their money, though, at the end of the day. And it's been like that. That's the market there. That, like Shane that's the market there. And you feel me? Like, they talk about the music, but that's not what you're there for when you're on the Breakfast Club. I feel like the Breakfast Club is that platform, yeah, you... To highlight your music with a big audience, but that's where they ask those questions where people actually get to know your situation. You yeah. feel me? They know, yeah, all right, Meg, we know Meg the artist, but Breakfast Club, you know, Charlamagne's gonna ask them personal jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, Envy's gonna piggyback off of him and be like, all right, what do you mean by that? Go deep, whatever. And you know, Angela Yee, she's gonna ask those questions to appeal to the to the to their, to their women audience to to make you more personal, make you more down to earth than what you what you are, I guess you could say. Yeah. The Breakfast Club is like a platform where them celebrities, they're brought down to the community yeah. in a sense, if that makes sense. I think you're right. I just think that for the Breakfast Club, I look at them, I think the biggest problem is really more so about how you're asking the questions. Like, you don't get to, I always use Charlemagne as an example because the way that he comes off is mad intrusive. Like, even the jokes about, even the, even the jokes that they had about Charlemagne asking the questions, it's like, I go back to the logic example. It's like, why are you asking logic who the hell raped? raped your sister. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, like questions like that is mad weird. Yeah, he crosses the line sometimes. Yeah, and that's my problem. Like, if you're asking questions, like, there's a way to address certain things, I think, and I think that he doesn't do a good job about it. And I think he just straights up asks. And I think that because we're in a very, very politically correct industry now, I think one of the ways that you need to move, like, you have to change with the times. You can't just be like, yo, who raped your sister? 
right? Or you can't be acting weird talking about you want to smell a girl's farts or whatever. Like, nigga be asking weird questions. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah. He's, he's a weirdo. Yeah. So my thing is that, like, if you're going to ask questions, it's like, ask questions the right way. Because people will answer it if you allow them, if you ask the right questions in the right way. Um, I want to talk about your one point that you said, um, the climate and you have to be politically correct. Um, I may have to disagree with that. I feel like we're going into an era where you don't have to be that way anymore. Because you have your own platforms, like if you look, if you look at just social media now and the way people have their own voice, or you have the apps like Clubhouse where people can go on there and speak their mind freely and ask those direct questions. Because I was in, I was in um the the app Clubhouse and they had Tory Lanez on there, bro, and they was really just dogging this man. Like yeah. they brought him up there to ask questions. They didn't ask questions. They just started, you know, what I'm saying throwing ham on him, and he was up there took it, whatever it may be. You feel me? And then you got people like you said, Charlemagne, who are mad disrespectful in the way they ask questions. And then you have Joe Budden, who's a little bit less disrespectful, but he knows how to get into get to his point. You know what I'm saying? But he still asked some wild questions that more normal interviews wouldn't ask. Yeah. You feel me? So I feel like we're getting to that climate where where people like like us, we have our podcast. So if someone comes on to our pod, we can, we're most likely gonna ask what we want to ask. You feel me? Yeah. Unless they like you said, they say do not ask this, or we're not. You feel me? So it's like. At the end of the day, I feel like we're going into a climate where people, not so much the interviewers want to go that route, but I feel like listeners, they're almost expecting that now. Yeah, no, nah, but I think that you also have to realize that when you're bringing music artists on, you're bringing artists on, you also have to understand that most artists are very hypersensitive. Like, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I get upset when I see Charlamagne ask certain questions, because it's like, you asking this question to make someone uncomfortable and you know that artists deal with don't like being uncomfortable like you know how artists are even what you're doing in a sense would be considered art you know what i mean so it's like you know how it is to be a creative mm-hmm. so my thing is that if you can't if you want something from a creative you're gonna have to go into their world because they're coming here and you want information from them you have to step into their world and know how to talk to them like 50 cent for example 50 Cent is an open book. He'll say whatever the hell he wants, however the hell he feels like it. You know what I'm saying? Someone like a Meg Thee Stallion who honestly has dealt with a lot of issues and she's dealt with things that, if you want me to be honest, this is just my speculation, that's it, where I feel like she hasn't she hasn't really healed from a lot of the things that she may have been dealing with. I don't think she did either. Yeah. It comes to a situation where she's not going to go on a breakfast club um, with Charlemagne and DJ Envy and have them ask her crazy questions because no one Charlemagne, Charlemagne be like, all right, so what the hell happened? That yeah, night? she knows it's coming. Yeah, she knows it's coming, and it's not even going to be asked in a way where it's like, okay, like people would understand why you're asking that question. I'm like, but are you sure you remember? Like, because I heard that you get drunk. Like, I seen I seen pictures of you with G Easy. So do you know that you know you could be wrong? Or like the way Charlemagne comes off to people, it's like, yo, like I don't even want to like. It's like. I don't even want to come and talk to you because it's like mm-hmm. you, you ask questions as if you're like a very, very oblivious dad who doesn't know their child. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that for Meg, I just wanted to open up to you guys because I thought it was interesting just about that take. I just wanted to know because I think that Meg has the potential to be good. And I think that the problem with her is I don't think that they give her the ability to be vulnerable because there's only so much twerking and I fucking nigga he eat me out, whatever that you can rap about until it's like, all right, we need to hear something else. And I think that that's part of, that's part of the problem because it doesn't look genuine anymore. I agree with that. But at the same time, I think that's what a lot of people want to hear. And people are really into that kind of stuff these days. Like you look at a lot of Cardi songs, a lot of city girl songs. That's what they be talking about. And they be doing numbers. You know what I'm saying? So 
with that, going off something that you said in the very beginning when you started talking, you said you pretty much don't think she, pretty much what I took from was you don't think she has any control over the, the direction that her career is going and the image that she has. I Yeah, I don't think she's putting out the music she wants to put out. I think that they control her because they saw the numbers and they want her to have this and they want her to they want her to be pushed a certain way because they want her to end up making money like Cardi B does. But to real quick, all I was gonna say is that the difference between a Meg versus a Cardi and a City Girls is that the City Girls are authentic. They really about that life. Like the, the stuff that they be talking about, they do it. Carisha dates hood niggas. JT dates hood niggas. Like they're they're like that. JT just came out from jail from doing fraud. You know what I'm saying? Cardi B. Cardi B, the stuff she talks about, it's authentic. Yeah, she has writers, so mm-hmm. some of her lyrics are a little bit more pristine. But for the most part, you can tell that a lot of the stuff, you can tell when Cardi's being genuine. You can tell. Well, she's genuine. When, I mean, she's yeah. genuine because she's been like, that's how she came, That's how she got noticed, yeah. bro, from being the way she is. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And Meg, the problem with Meg is that I don't think that, I think that she was being her true self when she had a small fan base, but as she got bigger, a lot of the stuff that a lot of people liked her for, because she just seemed like a regular old college girl who popped, I think that that stuff, they're pushing. Let me let me ask you this that. before we before we close this segment out. Um, so as as you were saying, Toby, um, Meg's like you name you name like more than four Meg Thee Stallion songs. If you want me to be honest, off the top, without looking at your phone, can you name four Meg Thee Stallion songs? Nah. Can can you name for the Meg? So, my but I will say I will I will say though I think I mean I'm listening to her song I just can't I can't name them but I've listened they to them. They all sound alike. But but I do think I do think she has talent. I do yeah. think she can rap. All right, let me let me get to my point. The the point wasn't that um she can't rap. We know we know she all has talent. You know what I'm saying she's shown it all that stuff. Mm-hmm. My point is, I feel like she's getting into that space that Chance the Rapper got into, mm-hmm. where he's becoming. No, not for his music anymore, but like not the antics because he doesn't have too many antics. But, but who you know, he is, yeah, yeah, who he is. You feel me? I feel like Megan's going to that space, and it came, it came quick with everything that's going on, where she's more talked about because of the drama that she's a part of and the situations that she's yeah. in, as opposed to the music that she puts out. You feel me? Yeah. And that's the that's where the conversation has turned. Like you said, it's not necessarily her fault, but maybe her team's fault. The direction they're trying to push her. You feel me? And I feel like. I can agree with Toby. Maybe she's not putting out her best music because the team doesn't want her to put out music because, like you said, the numbers, like Chance said, the numbers they probably seen, they're putting out that music and all that stuff. So it's like, there's a fine line. It's a, it's a, scare, it's a, it's a tricky line that they're playing with, to be honest, because I feel as though you don't want her to be talent wasted I and, think. Get, and, and get caught up in, in, in the antics and stuff that's going on let the drama overtake her as a musician, as an artist and in her career. It's that, and then you don't you don't want that to happen where you're, she's just known for being a good person, like a Chance the Rapper just being this type of person. And then at the same time, you end up in a situation with Chance the Rapper where the debut album is garbage, and now you're only making music for TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's where the problem comes in. It's Cause, like... Because Chance, like I said, Chance is like what first three projects were tough, bro. Yeah. You feel me? And, and like I said, after Coloring Book, it was like... Yeah, no, nah, the album was hot garbage. You feel me? The, the album he just dropped, The Big Day? That was not The Big Day for you, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. But that's that's enough of that. Let's get into the Faces of the Future song of the day brought to you by MBT. Like I said, check us out on all social platforms on Instagram, MBT underscore the 1%. You can follow us on Twitter, MBT the Future, for all your updates. And also visit the website at www.mbtfacesthefuture.com. Um, subscribe to that newsletter, man. All the up-to-date news, everything that's going on in the community. Tap in with us. So... 
The Face of the Future song of the day comes from Savannah Ray. She's an artist, R&B artist out of Toronto, Canada. Fire. I just listened to her EP that she just dropped um, titled Opia. And I'm going to bring you the song called Where You Are. The song is, is dope in my opinion. And her project is is something that I like because I'm an R&B head. Everybody knows that. So um, once again, Savannah Ray, Where You Are. Savannah Ray offered a latest EP, Opia, the song's title, Where You Are. She's out of Toronto. Check her out, man. I'm a, a fire up and coming R&B artist. All right, boys, let's get into the next topic. Um, Toby going to lead us off with this one, with the, with the Black Lives Matter, some stuff that's been going on. And are you going to read us the tweet that you sent us from Candace Owens or how you want to start it off? Um, yeah. Um, so... Or you just give us a little background just so the listeners can understand what we're going into and what we're about to discuss. Okay, so for people who don't know, 
Um, Candace Owens, she is, um, how do I say this? It's controversial. She's very controversial. Yeah, but I'm trying to find a proper name for her. Um, she, I guess she would be the unpaid spokesperson for the Republican Party. <laughs> um, and there's some things that she makes sense about, and there's some things where she just misses. She's a very hit or miss person. And I think one of the biggest things that I found interesting was she brought up a good question on Twitter, and it said, where did all the billions that Black Lives Matter raised go to? I still believe it went to Joe Biden's campaign. I believe that Black Lives Matter has been a, Demo a Democrat scam from its inception. They used the faces of dead black men to inspire people emotionally to give to the DNC every election. This would explain why we only ever hear about Black Lives Matter during election cycles. The money, billions do not go to black neighborhoods, black companies, or black children. It's a vortex, and nobody has been made to answer the questions regarding where the money ends up. Hmm. Now, before we talk about that, there were some other things that I saw. And now, this is a screenshots. Um, someone had brought up a tweet, and they were explaining that Black Lives Matter was asking for money. And give me a second if I just pull this up. Basically, it was along the lines of Black Lives Matter was going to ask for money um, around election time. And I don't know if you guys saw, they had sent out a letter about certain things that they were asking for. Didn't they call the bull the honorable? Yeah, the honorable, honorable Joe Biden, Joe Biden and the honorable Kamala Harris. And I was looking, <laughs> I was like, um, okay, that's that's different. That's different. So what's what's the what's what's the questions you have about this situation? What's what's the conversation and, and stuff that you liked or didn't like about what was said? Do you agree with Candace? Um I don't I don't think what she said is far fetched. I agree. I don't think what, I, where does the money go? We never see it anywhere. Before I even answer that, I don't. I want to first say that I don't want to say that it's 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 a Democrat sham, right? But I have heard conversations. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not speaking yeah. the point of as a Democrat sham. I'm talking about like Shan said. Where is the money at, though? Yeah, no. You that's what... me? And, and 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 this isn't the first time I heard about the national Black Lives Matter um part uh whatever you want to call it conglomerate um. Where nobody knows where the money went, like the money's lost, whatever it may be, if you want to call it. But and I've heard that like the local Black Lives Matter parties like separated themselves from the bigger one. Yeah. So if we're talking on the grand scheme of thing, the big organization, she's probably not too far fetched, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no, because there was a tweet. I'm sorry, because um there was a tweet. And, and I don't know, and I don't disagree. I mean, the part I do disagree though is that they're saying like only like they only this is only up during an election cycle, which I don't agree. I feel like this is something that's been an ongoing conversation for a minute. I. Um... So you think Black Lives Matter is only talked about during the election cycle? No, I think that the organization as an entity only pops up as an election cycle. Got you. Okay. I think okay, that okay, obviously okay, okay. the the hashtag. So I, I'll just I'll just say it like this. I think that I think the I have a problem with Black Lives Matter. What's your uh, problem before you go into detail? Yeah, my problem with Black Lives Matter is that I think that I think that the organization one kind of like. Candace Owens says doesn't really do anything in term nationally in terms of creating community programs, organization, things of that nature. For example, when Oluwatoye and Salu died, um, what bothered me and what made me feel a way about it was that they're, they're getting in so much money. And I understand that when you are a small to a medium sized organization, you're not gonna, you're probably not gonna have all your P's and Q's together, right? But where my problem was that. You guys have been around since Ferguson, and I know that you guys have made money. 
So now my problem is when we now get to these conversations about, okay, you have black people that are protesting or doing these things and you don't have shelters for them or you don't have certain things in place where you can help these people because not all these people can go back home. Like we saw a certain point on Twitter, people were saying that some of these um some of these activists were getting kidnapped. Some of these activists were were getting kidnapped by like the Trump administration. So now my thing, my problem comes in is that what were you guys doing in order to help that or prevent that? Yeah, you guys may have thrown some bailout and things of that nature, but overall, like, what does the Black Lives Matter movement stand for? Right? It's like what That's do you guys question. lobby for? Like, and so while I'm looking at it, it's like when you have that situation, it's like, okay, what do you guys really want to accomplish? What I've seen is that Black Lives Matter gets pulled in, um, pulled by obviously every single black person because that's what we represent. But then that's all, that's all it is. And so where my problem comes in is that it's such a big yet simple statement that it's like you have smaller grassroots organizations that, you know, do help a lot of these different types of individual minority group or uh, in this term, tribal groups in the, in the black community where it's like they kind of get overlooked and so where my problem has come come has came in is that i think that black lives matter has kind of taken away the opportunity for a lot of small grassroots organizations to really blow up and do what they need to do because what i've noticed with black lives matter is that now everybody thinks that because you're just saying black lives matter you don't think that anything else matters. It's become a stigma. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's become that's a, a stigma. problem. Yeah, yeah a problem. and that's a problem. And so my thing is that you're just looking at Black Lives Matter as an organization, but there's smaller grassroots organizations that you could that you could look and invest in. And so my problem with it is that I think that from a lot of tweets that I saw, a lot of people who have like alluded to saying that you know they go on vacation, they have six figure salaries, right? Yeah. And so at first, you know, I would I, w- I would have thought that it would have been in good faith, but then. I saw um, a news article that says um, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter signs a deal um, with Warner Brothers Television Group. And so now my problem comes in is that you sign a deal with with Warner Brothers. In a lot of cases, a lot of people don't really see where the money is going. And now you also have a situation where your organization and the statement has become so big that it kind of pushes out other grassroots organizations. Not saying that they're not doing work, but they're not giving the opportunity to blow up the way that you guys did. And so my thing is that with all these things that have happened since Ferguson is like, what do you guys want to accomplish? And so for me, it kind of looks a way that the co-founder is signing a deal with Warner Brothers Television Group. Yeah, the agenda of them yeah, is weird. It's, like, it's weird. It's like, what are you guys really wanting to accomplish? You yeah. guys want to only come up, like, and this is where I want to shift to you guys, where it's like, do you think that Black Lives Matter should be, I guess for you guys, what do you guys think Black Lives Matter should do? First, I'll, I'll put it like that. Because I, I have some things that I think that they should be doing, and I just don't want to push my stuff out first before I hear your opinions. Well, I definitely think that, well, first off, you would hate to, to even think that people would just be taking the money off the top and using it for their own personal gain or vacations and houses and cars and all that shit because people give a lot of fucking money to Black Lives Matter. Yep. A lot of fucking money, especially especially when the whole George Floyd situation happened, people went crazy donating to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that it should be something that stands by what exactly what it is, Black Lives Matter, helping out black folks. Helping out black folks and all entities in the community. Uh, there should be no homeless people in, on, in the streets, period, in my opinion. Especially when you see 
all the money that goes to this to, to these organizations, they should definitely be going into these inner cities and to these uh these bad neighborhoods and fixing them up. That's what I would like to see Black Lives Matter do personally. And like for me, with the whole Black Lives Matter thing, when you talk about the, the big group of it, I don't know if I necessarily agree with some of the things they do when I see shit like that. So for me, when I say Black Lives Matter, I mean Black Lives Matter. Not that I'm a part of this this group that pushes this certain agenda or yeah. has these ideas. So that's that's my whole feeling on the, on the Black Lives Matter thing because when, when when people see you say Black Lives Matter, they automatically, like you said, put you into that group of, oh, you support da 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 Well, no, I just mean Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Personally. So... So I went to their website while we were discussing this, just to look at their mission statement. I'm going to read their mission statement, and I'm going to give you my thoughts. So it says, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Incorporated is a global organization in the U.S., U.K., and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. So, that being said, a lot of stuff in the mission statement I haven't seen, in my opinion. At least on the scale where it should be seen. Mm -hmm. You feel me? At least, because if you're trying to bring, if you're trying to bring joy and happiness to people, why isn't the stuff that you're doing, the positive you're doing on on a global scale, the same way the Warner Bros. deal is? put pressing about you feel me it's the warner bros deal why is that why is that in the press but oh like shannon said you building building um shelters or, or re re um vamping um broken down neighborhoods why is that put into the limelight so the people that are that are that are giving you money that are helping um fund your organization can see that their money's getting put to good use and to, why is it a secret it shouldn't be a secret and to our listeners we're talking about nationally we're not talking we're not talking about the individual yeah we're chapters. not talking about the individual chapter. we're talking about the, the big uh global entity mm-hmm. that is the black lives matter because we know the grass the grassroots people the grassroots black lives matter groups are doing the groundwork we know this we're talking about the big entity that's getting all the money that's quote-unquote funding these different campaigns whatever it may be to get the right people in office we're we are trying to understand why that all this positive stuff that they say they are trying to, trying do. to do in their mission statement that's on their website is not publicized. Where is it? Where, where is it at? Where, where is all this stuff going? And and if you are, just show us. And why is it so hard when people ask for you to show where the bread's going that you don't do it? It's like the Sean King situation where people are saying, oh, Sean King's taking all this bread, but he has no acts to show for it. Exactly. It's just He's just collecting a check at the end of the day. And that... and. To me, that's where my problem comes in. Because it's like, for me, as I'm going to speak as a minority, as a minority person, as a person who is a minority in this country, I think that Black Lives Matter does a disservice just only speaking when you only want to talk to the president or when you only want to talk about police brutality and Black deaths and you don't have a solution. And why I say this is because if you want to talk about police brutality against African-Americans, you have to talk about police brutality across the board. And the reason why I say this is because when you do that, it shows that, okay, this is what we stand for. This is what we're supporting. This is what we're supporting. We do not tolerate police brutality on any front. Because now when that happens, now you're not only getting the support of African-Americans, you're also getting the support of people who are against police brutality. And that's how you grow, right? And for me, it doesn't sit right with me that you're focusing more on making television shows or you're making um, these, you're making, you're trying to make um, the voices of the unheard heard, but it's like, who, like, who are you really trying, what are you really trying to do here? You just signed a deal 
and you guys are going to make money off of that. Yeah. But are you going to give money to the people in Ferguson? Are you going to yeah. give money to George Floyd? Yeah. George Floyd's family. Are you going to be able to provide um, opportunities for disenfranchised criminals who have non-offend who have non-violent drug offense crimes? Like, how are you? How do you plan on moving with all this money that you're making? It's cool to make a documentary because I see what you guys are going to do. Amon Arbery is going to get brought up. George Floyd is going to get brought up. Um, Saint Brand is going to get brought up. But you guys are not going to, I feel that personally, you guys are not really going to go out of your way to go and fund and make a difference in the community like you should. I agree. And, and not for nothing. And once again, to people who think that I'm a menomist or whatever the hell you guys, whatever the hell you guys call it. Like, <laughs> someone called me a menomist. Someone called me a menomist on Twitter, bro. They called I, you a menomist? A menomist. I was so pissed, bro. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what does, that, that, what does that, that even mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, menomist? I have no clue what that means. But to those people... That's what I'm saying, bro. Not for nothing. Not, <laughs> not for nothing. That's funny. That's funny as hell. That is funny as hell. But to all the people out there, not for nothing, this organization was started by black women. And I'm I'm happy that this organization was started by black women. This movement was started by black women. But at the same way that you guys are praising the fact that, you know, 90% of black women voted for Joe Biden and things of that nature. We also need to hold people accountable when need be. So my thing is that I'm holding these black women accountable because you, they've created one of the biggest movements in this generation. And the fact that I see the, the fact that I see where this is going as somebody who's worked in media and somebody who tries to, you know, understand the whys and ins and outs of things. The fact that I feel like they're going to end up trying to monetize off of these people's deaths as I feel like they've been doing oh, yeah. by paying yeah. vacation. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It doesn't sit right it doesn't sit right with me that you like your faces are rarely seen, right? It doesn't sit right with me that you guys are writing letters only to Joe Biden to only have conversations with Joe Biden to do whatever you guys want to do, maybe ask for money or things of that nature, but it doesn't sit but you guys didn't talk to any Republican any Republican candidates you didn't talk to any you didn't you didn't actually sit down and be political the way that you were supposed to be because police brutality to an extent is a political issue now like racism to an is extent not political it is a political yeah. issue yeah like racism is is a political issue and the fact that we only the like for me the fact that I only heard you got only heard your organization nationally when one you signed a deal with Warner Brothers and two when you're writing letters to aggressively fundraise and only talk to Joe Biden is a very, very big issue because now we have to think about the fact of like, to my next point is that we're giving opportunities to reinforce trauma into the black community. What I mean by that is we have a situation for me that I've noticed is that a lot of black death is very accessible. Very accessible. Like it doesn't make sense to me that a lot of the mass shootings that have been done by, you know, white people um, or these white terrorists that I will call them. It doesn't make sense to me that we're able to see the we're, we're not able to see those shootings. We don't see no we don't see any footage of that. We don't see anything of the nature. We didn't see um, of the nightclub in, I think, Las Vegas or Florida. We don't see any footage of that. That disappears. Right. But it's easy for us to look up King Von's death. It's easy for us to see Ahmaud Arbery get shot in cold blood. It's easy for us see to see their corpses in the yeah, morgue and stuff like that. It's easy to see Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland's information being brought out, right? We see all this information, we see all this trauma of our own getting killed, but we never have seen a white man get killed, even with police brutality situations, even in the worst situations. We don't see that, 
So it's my not, it's thing, not pushed as much. Yeah, it's yeah. not pushed. So my thing is that once again to Black Lives Matter, why is it that you would now sign that? And I pray and I really hope to be wrong. I really, really do, but it doesn't sit right with me that you're telling me that you're giving voices to the unheard, but you made all this money off of these off of these deaths of black men and black women, but we didn't see anything to show for it. We didn't see a response from specifically the organization of how you guys chose to yeah, move. Facts. And and my thing is like a Warner Bros. deal, um, like even if you're trying to get voices unheard, why do they continue to like you said, why do they continue to make documentaries and stuff about stuff that we already know about instead of informing us about stuff that we don't we don't know about. You feel exactly. me? Like we do, why do we need to continue to see um Sandra Brennan's death all over the internet or make another, keep making document, not saying we shouldn't keep talking about it and like that. But why do they need to keep pushing those images into our brains exactly. on a daily basis? I agree with you on that. I, I don't understand why. You asked me that question before. It's like, why is it so accessible? And I've been thinking about that for the last days and I tried to give answers and stuff. I was like, honestly, don't know. I honestly don't know why that type of stuff is so accessible. And I said at first, maybe because it's entertainment to the public, which I think I think it still is entertainment. These people that aren't in this culture, whatever you want to call it, when I see stuff like that's entertainment to them. Yeah. You feel me? Like I, because I've seen like comments of like kids that are like suburban, whatever it may be, that are on the internet. Oh, you see King's Bong's death, da da da. You should whatever it may be, You're making YouTube clips about it, whatever. I've seen YouTube clips about like young kids talking about that stuff. Like it's enjoyment from the say, oh, he's gonna get this, he's gonna get that. It's like it's like why is that something that's served as entertainment to the public. Yeah. I, that, I I don't get that. Is it a fear tactic for black folks, you think? I don't think it's a fear tactic. Because you keep my, putting these images in people's head and people get afraid of that kind of shit, especially when you see people getting killed by white folks or getting killed by police. That scares the shit out of people. Think about how much that'll change somebody's opinion on when it comes to dealing with police. You know what I'm saying? You see 20 videos of people getting put out their cars by cops and shot and killed and harassed by cops, that's going to trigger something in your brain to make you think, I can't go out and fuck with cops either, no matter where I'm at. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, to an extent, we definitely can't. But I think that I wouldn't say it's more so of a fear tactic, but more so I think it may be one effect of we're so used to seeing trauma. I think that it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're used to it, so it's okay, right? Because this is the stuff that goes on. Yeah, we've right? accepted it. Yeah, we've, we've accepted, accepted it, it, right? But at the same time, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, how do I say this? You're trying to you're trying to reintroduce a stigma that they have in the black community where okay, all we do is we fight, we kill, right? Yeah. But that's not us. You know what I'm saying? And so for trying me, to narrative. yeah, and this has been my whole thing just about the internet in general, just even about the nonsense they talk about black men, black women, whatever is that we have young kids that are on the internet that grew up with King Von, that grow up with, um, that grew up with the G Herbos, the little Dirks. Mm-hmm. And these kids are like 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And you're consuming massive amounts of information at a time. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so now they be knowing everything about these guys, exactly. every single they thing about everything. everything about them, who they deal with, who they work with, who they run with everything. And it's crazy when you hear these 14 year old kids talking about, all this gang, they can literally name you the gangs, where they from, who they roll with, rappers they have, producers they have. That shit is crazy. And that is a problem because it's like they can do all that and you can name that information just like that as if you're, like you're reciting information for a test. So what? So if they can do that, just think about, to all, my, to all our listeners, just think about how much information we spit about ourselves as a community as, oh, black men aren't shit or 
black women are gold diggers or black men are trash or black men, black women are this. And it's like, think about that information that you see on the regular and then think about, and then think about how much information they're consuming at that point. And that is a very big problem. Super we, big. Yeah. yeah. And so going back to the whole thing is that we have this super, this organization and you guys aren't like, I would challenge the black lives matter movement. I would challenge a lot of other grassroots organizations as well. One for grassroots organizations to don't be intimidated by Black Lives Matter. You guys are doing a lot of great mm-hmm. works. Um, there's an organization that you know I have um, that I've been paying attention to because I have a friend who's, who's spearheading it. It's called I think I believe it's called United DC. Um, it's ran by a friend of mine named um, well, dang why why did my mind just go blank? <laughs> um, his name is Ty. Um, his name is Ty. And he's been running this organization for a while, and he's been on the streets doing what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout-outs to him. And he's been doing the work. And so for a lot of other grassroots organizations, definitely go out there, do what you need to do. To Black Lives Matter movement, um, just the actual national organization, not the smaller one, not the smaller chapters, I challenge you all to, one, not only appear when you want to ask Democratic candidates for money. That's number one. Number two, I also challenge you to help change the narrative of what we're seeing, one, in our communities, mm-hmm. just based off of gender wars of black men and black women, but also change that narrative so that's how we can learn how to love each other and love ourselves. And lastly, I would also challenge you guys to fund yourselves. There's no way that all these people have donated to your national organization and you would need Warner Brothers yeah. Yeah. To, to put out information. Or you would need a major entity to put out that information. You have more than enough money more than enough. To, to fund community programs, mm-hmm. to fund these media, to fund even own media station. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have all this information. Yeah. Like, so it's like, why did you need Warner Brothers to make a documentary? Right? Why did you need that? And so I would challenge Black Lives Matter on those three things to do things yourself as African Americans and as black women have been doing. Number two, to change the narrative that we see within each other to make us love ourselves and to change the narrative of only reissuing trauma into our communities, but also trying to show love and like just black excellence and just, yeah, just, I would just hope that you guys are not just taking the money to go on vacations because that's what I've been hearing from a lot of different people. That's a fact. And can I just ask this question before we close out on the whole, the whole pod, um, why is it, since we're on the, the, the topic of trauma, killing all this stuff, why is it that the hip-hop, being a rapper, has become, I'm going to say it's become, is almost like the most dangerous job in the world? Why is it that our culture is the only one, when it comes to music, I guess we could say, you have to worry about making it back home? Like, when you go to, when you look, if you look at, like, country, you look at rock or anything like that, the violence isn't to the extent that it is in these genres, you feel me? Like, why is it that that rappers like King Von? You go, you go, you just you just celebrating his album, bro. And yeah. a couple of he, a couple days he, later, he gets you, murdered. You get murdered. Like, what? Why is it like that? Yeah. Um, like, even like you, if you go to a different city, whatever it may be, like you gotta check in gotta, with people. Yeah. You gotta what check in, whatever you feel me, like whatever it be, or you gonna get, or you gonna get checked. Like, so it's like, why is it like that? Is it, is it because of what these niggas are talking about in their music? Um, I'm gonna clap you. I'm gonna shoot you. I'm pull up on you. Yeah, I yeah. Think people just want to try. It, people just want to, you know. I don't know. Pe- people, that mentality seems to be appealing to a lot of people. I'm, a, I'm a real. This back to this to the Meg situation. What rappers don't want 
and I think the biggest thing about hip hop is authenticity. And we make we we place very big emphasis as a community, as African Americans and even in the hip hop community on authenticity. Um if you're not an authentic person, we call you out on it, right? Like, not for nothing. We talk about Cory Booker, for example. People have their own gripes about Cory Booker up in Newark, right? Or up in North Jersey, right? Because they don't think he's as authentic as he puts himself out to be, right? Going to Meg, my personal opinion is that she's not, like, right now, she's not the authentic Meg that she knows that she is just because of label industry issues. And so when we have this issue of authenticity, what ends up happening is that a lot of these rappers, they're just used to telling their story. You know what I'm saying? Like, they hear the Tupacs, they hear the Biggies, they hear the Chief Keeps, all, all of these people who who talk about this stuff, like the drill artists talk about this, different types of things, and they feel like they have to live this stuff in order to be authentic. 6 9 Yeah. Like, you live this stuff to feel like you have to be authentic to say, I really do what I talk about in my raps. But then you're also at the same time risking your life. Yeah. Like there's no reason why, like, I'm not well, I mean, King Von obviously just dropped an album, but there's no reason why, like, if you're somebody, if you're somebody, say Kendrick, for example, like there's no reason why Kendrick Kendrick should be involved in hood beef. Like, and not and I'm not saying that he can't be an OG and try to settle things, but there's no reason why you should be on the streets trying to hit a lick on somebody. It would be fake or, if he came out with some shit like that. Yeah, like, it would come off away. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why certain people should be in the streets. Like, it's not... Cool. Like, it's, I understand maybe I'm coming from a different community, whatever, but, like, just me just coming from Africa. Like, we don't we don't sit here and put it out there that we come from a poor nation. Like, we have black excellence in there. Yeah, we have the situation, but we're not sitting here trying to live this lifestyle because it's not fun. Like nobody wants to sit here and say, I got to sell dope to make money or I got to do this to make money. And so my thing is that because of hip hop's problem with authenticity, where we feel like we have to live our raps so people can respect us, that's always going to continue to be a problem as a rapper. You feel like you have to sell dope to talk about it. You feel like you have to kill niggas to talk about it. You feel like you have to do all these different things to talk about it. And that's part of the reason why. So, at the ending, the ending of the Gucci verse, um, Jeezy versus, you know what was said. You feel me? Do you feel as though Gucci has the right to to do what he did, or do you feel Jeezy is in the right by what he said and saying like we're past that? It's been fifteen years, whatever it may be. So I feel like with that, I think the problem, my problem with it was, I don't. So I see both sides. Jeezy can say, yeah, like I see both, like. We're past that. It's been 15 years. We're trying to do this for the King Vons or whatever. But you can't make that statement because of what you did. Exactly. And to all our listeners, a very quick synopsis of what happened. Jeezy and Gucci had beef over the So Icy, the so the song So Icy. What ended up happening was that apparently Jay-Z had called Jeezy and told him to put on his album. They had an argument over that. They ended up getting to a big beef. Jeezy, Jeezy had a warrant for for gucci he said ten thousand dollars for this man's chain this man's head dudes went out gucci killed them legitimately killed them shot them dead so my thing is that the problem now comes in is this going back to the problem with authenticity you went and did that you lived out your raps cool but now you're now telling somebody that they can't live their truth about how they feel like Mm -hmm. imagine me sending out Imagine me sending out somebody to come and try and kill you. Oh, I agree with what you said. Yeah. And now you're you. telling me that to oh, feel it. I can't we feel can't, this way. We can't do this because you're an OG now. No, it don't work like that. It doesn't. You try to say somebody take my life. Yeah. It's, it's a difference when y'all just 
beefing over whatever. Like, if it was just a song, y'all left it at a song, it's whatever. But you sent $10,000 out for somebody's head, and you sent two people, and you lost your mans because of that. And now you want Gucci to now be like, you know what? Oh, man, like, you know, maybe I was acting immature. Nah, that nigga could have lost his life that day. And once you see he really bout that, now you don't yeah. want no smoke. You now know what I mean? Like, you don't want smoke. And now he's here. He's showing you the smoke. Like, yo, this is what you did. I'm calling it out. Like, even just even the little things he was saying, like, yo, like, my chains or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, like, I got $10,000. Is that in the third? Like, he was saying whatever because he was alluding to the fact yeah, that Yeah, that was subliminals. That was subliminals. Yeah, like, and people didn't know that because he was saying, oh, yeah, I'm rich, whatever. Like, all this stuff is ten grand on me. Like, he wasn't saying that because his stuff really cost ten grand. He's See, saying that the because that's the price was on it's, the, it's the number that was on his head. And imagine you, once again, being a black man, right? Not, not condoning... I'm not condoning hood behavior or whatever, but imagine you as a black man, you grow up, you didn't grow up in the best environment, you had to do what you had to do to make it out, and now all of a sudden, you know, you you blowing up, and now you have somebody who's on the same wavelength and you, you argue over a song, and now someone's sending money out to kill you. Mm-hmm. That type mm-hmm. of trauma is going to stay in your head. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's an authenticity problem with Jeezy and Gucci. Gucci has every right to feel the way that he wants to feel. Mm-hmm. And I respect it. Yep. And I understand where Jeezy coming from, but you can't determine. You can't be the one to say, oh, yeah. this is. You it'd, can't. Be, it'd be different if I feel like if Gucci said, all right, I'm past this, whatever it may be, then you move on. But it's like, when you're on the back end of that stuff, it's like, all right, you ain't the person to be dictating that. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say on that because I don't want to shine too much light. I just want to see your thoughts on that because I know we all watched it or, or saw footage of it. So, like I said, it was it was, it was was a great verse. I never thought it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen feel me? either. But, yeah, that's that's all for uh, episode 43 of the Faces of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Shane. Man, some moose logging out. Peace.